This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. I love video games and pro wrestling. With three fans who know how to talk some trash. None of these cross-eyed mouth breathers deserve to hear this voice. I guess it's time to take out the trash. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Turnbuckle Trash. I'm Dave Denton, and today's Turnbuckle Trash, we got a great lineup for you. First off, we'll start a two-part conversation with Chris Evans as we talk about some of the news and the happenings of what's happened in the world of professional wrestling as of late. We'll talk about WWE. We'll also be talking AWE, The Independence, DCW, and their anniversary show, and more. And then, right in the middle, we're going to have a great interview with a referee. He's Dewey Larson. Now, Dewey works with Rocky Mountain Pro out of Colorado, also with DCW out of Utah, and with Ohio Valley Wrestling as he instructs people how to become wrestling officials. But Dewey does so much more. It's a fascinating interview. And in that interview, we'll talk about how the pandemic, COVID-19, has affected not only the world of entertainment, but specifically the world of professional wrestling. It's going to be a great lineup, a great show today. So welcome. It's time to take out the trash. It's time to take out the trash on Turnbuckle Trash. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. This isn't a social event. This is a competition where there's one winner. You don't see the outfits before a fight playing with jacks and juice boxes. No, no, they talk trash and they beat the crap out of each other. This is Turnbuckle Trash. Hi, everyone. It's me. It's me. It's David D. Once again, we got Turnbuckle Trash happening for us today. Chris? Oh, and it's a windy day here in Statesville, North Carolina, but the sun is shining and things are looking up and up every day. How are things in uh, Utah? I hear the COVID-19 is just rampantly going up and up and up. Oh, wow. I'm telling you right now, there there has been scary, scary stuff as far as COVID-19 here in uh, in Utah uh, we've been setting records almost every day for uh, the amount of people that are either been diagnosed one day or maybe hospitalized in one day in the state of Utah, which you got to remember, we're only like 2 million people, that uh, yesterday over 500 people were hospitalized, new hospitalizations yesterday alone. So uh, we're having more deaths. It is, it's scary stuff. You know, I know a lot of people think, that it's not as serious as it is uh, to me. And I, you know, I'm not trying to put words in anybody else's mouth, but I'm trying to take this very seriously because I, I do think it's very serious. So here yeah, we go. I don't blame you. Uh-huh. I don't blame you a bit. And did you see my so. new mask that I have? I put it on Facebook. Oh, I loved it. Yes, I loved it. Yeah. Love that. That I let me in. I love it. Yeah, you I know, just... Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I uh, <laughs> my wife surprised that uh, with me. She uh, she found it online and uh, I bought it and sent it to me, and she gave it to me one night. And I almost cried. I love the Bray Wyatt character so much. So I put on my my uh, Firefly Funhouse T-shirt and then put on the Yowie Wowie face covering <laughs> that she bought for me, and took pictures. Oh. And I actually wore that when I went to my doctor's appointment yesterday. 
hoping uh-huh. to see Tom Sherlock, who worked at that doctor's office, but he recently moved on to a different endeavor. So, Tom, you missed out. Nyeh, 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 nyeh. <laughs> you didn't get to come to the Dave Denton Firefly Funhouse. Well, <laughs> I'm, I must say that a, a, a character that has just become so beloved in the WWE, and even The Undertaker even said it. Uh, he says, I wish we could have done more together than, you know, just that one match between Bray and, and himself at WrestleMania, which that was kind of a stinker. Yeah. But uh, I wish they could have done more. I think I don't think The Undertaker's done. I really don't. Well, you know, it's supposed really to don't. be his final farewell coming up Sunday at Survivor Series. And I yeah. don't, yeah. Have you had a chance to watch some of the specials they've had on the WWE Network? Uh, with the first time I met The Undertaker, several superstars talking about the first time they met him, or maybe the Randy Orton uh, feud that went over like two and a half years. I would like to see the one where him and, and Kane to Glenn Jacobs, because they started talking about things that I had no idea about. I didn't know that Glenn Jacobs was, I knew he was the Unabomber in Smoky Mountain, and that's when The Undertaker first met him. And he said, I could do something with this boy. Oh. And when they first brought him in, I mean, he's, they didn't even know. They were going to name, you know, the Undertaker was supposed to be named Kane. Yes, so right. Yeah, right. But let's let's get off from that right there, and let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Of the this. Monday Night Snooze. Yeah. Go ahead, no. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't bad this time. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but, you know, uh. I'll just break into it. Why change the title back to uh, Drew McIntyre? Are they going to unify the title at Survivor Series? Boy, Will I... Will they unify it? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. But also, I wouldn't be surprised when they have the Survivor Series and the best of the best match that there's some sort of interference one way or the other that it just ends the match, it, you know, double disqualification or whatever. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me either because I I like the idea of having a title on each show because you can set up feuds on each show, and I think, I think each show does need that feud. Yeah, I think it does too, but I'd like to have just, you know, just one world champion. Let's just have one title, but you're right. Both shows need to have a champion. Both shows need to have tag team and and whatever. But uh, I just see Drew losing the title at Survivor Series due to one thing. I mean, we still have a Money in the Bank contract that still hasn't been cashed in yet. Okay, what what, what do you think will happen? Yep, I, I, I already know it. I think that's what's fixing to happen. Either, either Drew or it's going to be... Uh, he'll, he'll cash in on Roman Reigns. If he cashes in on Roman Reigns, I don't want to see that. It wouldn't be good. I don't think it would be. No, you? no, no. It wouldn't be a good feud. It wouldn't be. So, it would not. But a good feud would be if the Miz cashed it in on Drew McIntyre, and then they had a feud with the Fiend Bray Wyatt and the Miz. Cole. Yes. I love Correct. that. I love that. Correct. Miz does that. Correct. Yes. Correct. Correct. Uh-huh. But 
but that was a good segment between Bailey and uh, what's her, uh, the crazy girl. I mean, that, that too, Bailey has really just, she, she's, she is just a, a twisted person. Her, her sonification now that she is this uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, you mean woman. Alexa Bliss. Alexa, I'm sorry. Okay. What am I talking about? You said Bailey. I was going, what in the world is that man talking about? Let me, let, me, let me bang my head against this mailbox for a second. Maybe my brain will kick in this morning. Um, yeah, Alexa is just, she, she's perfect. I love the contacts in her eyes when she's in the Firefly Funhouse. They just mesmerized me. And then Man, that, there's a lot of a, that <laughs> little wave underneath the chin. Yeah. yeah. Now, oh I'm, I'm just going to say it. The first time I ever saw that, and the, the yep. way, when I remember that little wave under the chin comes directly uh-huh. from the Little Rascals, the old Hal Roach oh, comedy yes. series. And that was yes. their high sign with their He-Man Woman Haters Club. So, <laughs> yes, the He-Man Woman Haters Club. I love uh, that. Oh, I, I don't hate Alexa Bliss. I think she is doing wonderful work right now. And I've always oh been a gosh. fan of hers. She's, she's the perfect heel, and it's just so good. And the way that they've got her, she looks so de- demonic. And it's perfect for her. I like it. I love those two chemistry together. It's good. But the only thing that I'm having a problem with, WWE, either kill Rambling Rabbit off for good or just, you know, quit this crap. I've never seen – this is worse than Days of Our Lives. I when, love it. When, when Roman would always die and then he'd come back to life five or 6,000 times. Are you kidding me? Well, come on. Rambling Rabbit has died the, the tremendous death of Rambling Rabbit. Now, I, uh, I don't particularly like the show. I don't like the animated show South Park. I don't find it very funny. But I do uh, like, and they're kind of taking an homage to that, is, mm-hmm. oh, they killed Kenny. Oh, my that, gosh, they yeah, killed Kenny. They, oh, my gosh. They, yeah, and yeah. Uh-huh. so yeah. that's kind of like that. And, and but I, I, you know, I, we have complained so much about Monday Night Raw, and I still yes. will complain mm-hmm. because – did you realize that this Monday Night Raw, now we're recording this on Tuesday, right after mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw, and yep. it took them almost 26 minutes to get to any kind of action as far as a match went. 26 okay. Okay. minutes! So, so let me ask you this. Why is the WWE dragging this out? Because they're trying to fill out three hours? Correct! Yes. I mean, does it have... It's got to be the three hours. Oh man, they're they're There's using that no first debate. segment to to to, uh, to <laughs> kind of set up the rest of the show. Now, my wife, who is not the biggest wrestling fan in the world, as you know, but has started to come around again watching all elite wrestling, and she enjoys watching SmackDown and somewhat NXT. I think she likes NXT a little bit better than SmackDown, but she oh, always wow. she always makes the um, the comment about how long they take to get something going on Raw. 26 minutes, and usually on uh, AEE All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, it's like mm-hmm. they're in the ring, ready to fight as soon as they start. You know, Our first match tonight, and then they do the setup for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. That works well, better for me. Yeah, it does, but you don't have to have a five, like a 45, 20, 45 to a, an hour long is nothing but commentary and promos in a ring where there's no freaking fans whatsoever. Oh. 
except for, for the Thunderdome. And I'm sorry, folks, the people that like the Thunderdome, uh, some people like sour milk. That's what this is like, sour milk. I don't, I don't like it either. And they say, the award-winning Thunderdome. And I'm going, who gave them an award for that? Is yeah, that who the gave w- them the award? It was the WWE that <laughs> gave them the award. Was it a award. participation award? Yeah. <laughs> it was like in the Titan Sports Award for the Arena of the Year. Yeah, uh, well, I have a question. How do you get on to that? I would love to do that myself, but, I mean, I, I have a lab. I can get a laptop and watch Monday Night Raw that way. I think I, you I have to be a member of the network. Uh-huh. And I haven't looked into it very much because – I don't get to watch it live anyway, so. But I think you have to be a member well, of the network. What, I would do. That, what, what was that? I know what I would do. I'd put the Turnbuckle Trash T-shirt on there, and I'd put my thumbs up every time. <laughs> and then Turnbuckle Trash can actually be on the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> they would probably then, blink you out, yeah. Bubba. <laughs> uh, no. No. Oh. Then I just started eating. I would start eating pancakes right there too, or waffles. No matter like this. Or put a sign that says, this is awful. Yeah, <laughs> especially my... But there was a funny moment with the New Day. They were getting ready for their mm-hmm. match with uh, the, the yep. Hurt Business, which was, by the way, an honest-to-goodness, very good tag match. I love tag oh, yes, team wrestling. It was, it was really good. Was. But when they were doing their setup for it with all their yak, 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 uh, th- it was... Uh, MVP interrupting uh, uh, Kofi Kingston uh, when he was supposed to be coming up with a kind of a, a, a joke on the hurt business. And he says, you wouldn't, uh, this, this was the joke. And it, uh, this was what Kofi Kingston was supposed to say. You're not the hurt business. You're the jerk uh, business. <laughs> uh, now, the good thing was right after that, because there was uh-huh. very little reaction. It was Xavier Woods saying uh, they would be rolling in the aisles or something like that if there was a crowd here. That I oh, liked. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, I'm sorry. The Thunderdome is like going into an elevator and someone passing gas and you have to look at him and go, Really? So, I mean, I, I, I don't go really. Down. I go, what the heck? Why didn't you, <laughs> you know, just eat, Bubba? <laughs> so. Yeah, something just crawled up you and died. <laughs> That's right. Um, or like my grandfather would always say, got to throw that back back in gear. <laughs> so, um, no, the thing of it is, is that the Thunderdome <laughs> is uh, is stupid. It's it's just not good for business. I don't like it. At least AEW is actually bringing fans in. Now, NXT does the same thing, don't they? Yeah, they're bringing some fans in. They're behind in. plexiglass. Right, and they all have masks on. Yeah, they're on. behind plexiglass. Now, now oh, I, you yeah. know, I'm going to give <laughs> I'm going to give them just a little bit of credit here, okay? I know okay. I'm sure. not a big fan of the Thunderdome. I think the screens are too big, and then you get these people that kind of, you know, they look like, uh, I'm watching TV, huh? And then there was well, that they time. They showed that, their nose hair. Yeah, that was the time the woman, you know, put her hair back, and I was looking at her nose hairs. Uh, yep. But, but I will give them credit. At least they tried, and it was creative. I'm just going to say that, and I, even though I'm not a fan of it, they were put into a terrible situation, and they tried to find a way to make 
Lemonade out of lemons. Thank you, Manny Lemons, now the Devotion Championship Wrestling Champ. One more time. Thank you, Manny. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Manny. Been a great year for you all. Yeah, it has been. And by the way, uh, before we get back into WWE, uh, Manny and the DCW guys, you know, they, they're now with Ohio Valley Wrestling with uh, Al Snow, and they have Vince Russo still with them. They are getting ready for their second anniversary show coming up in December. And I hope to be able to have Manny on with us soon to talk about two years of Devotion Championship Wrestling and the ups and downs he's been through uh, as the owner of that promotion. And for everyone there at DCW that has been there in the past, are there right now, uh, just a personal thank you uh, for allowing Turnbuckle Trash to uh, be able to be a small part of uh, that show over the last two years. It's been a lot of fun. So congratulations, DCW. Yeah, it's been a wonderful run for DCW. Thank you, everybody, that has uh, supported that company. And uh, now that they're getting the guidance from Al Snow, I, I see big things. The, the best thing about the, the guidance from Al Snow is, you know, and getting together with Ohio Valley Wrestling, uh, they have gotten several different platforms uh, that are streaming platforms all over the world that now DCW are their stars are a part of. Uh, the Devotion Championship Wrestling is now shown on Fight TV. I believe it's every Wednesday night. You can catch oh, up yeah. with, with that. There are so many streaming platforms, I can't keep up. You know, I couldn't tell you how many different yeah, uh, Fight for you know Fight TV, this type of TV. You can get Hulu, and, and I don't. I just. I don't know. You know, I can't keep up with all that because I'm an old man. Plus, I work, you know, so I can't keep up with that. I do work a full-time job, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's a new promotion now that uh, is like a video game. I mean, it, there's no there's no real wrestlers. It's a video game, and they, they just type out what the computer wants, needs to do, and there you go. It's uh, There's your audience, and you just watch it on your computer. That's like uh, watching Blue's Clues on acid. Uh, no, you know, that's not wrestling. I would so, like I mean, that, though. That would be cool. Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would be cool. <laughs> While you're eating your crayons uh, at the same time. And, and paste. paste. I love yeah, to eat the paste. paste. It's ridiculous. I mean, it reminds, what's next? It reminds uh, me of uh, the movie Tommy Boy. When they say, did oh, you God. eat paint chips as a child? <laughs> well, <laughs> Why? <laughs> do you know, I still have got to watch that movie. You I have, have never watched Tommy Boy? No, sir, I haven't. I haven't watched Tommy Boy. Well, I know but, you're uh, a busy come... man right now. Oh, but yeah, I'm busy. I, I want you to to find a copy of Tommy Boy and try to watch it with between now and and our next uh, turnbuckle trash. Will you at gotcha. least try? Oh, I'll try my dangest. I mean, it's got to be on YouTube or something like that. Or I'll find it on Netflix more than likely. Yeah, I'll watch Tommy Boy. But uh, traditions coming up in November. You got to watch all the Christmas stuff and all the Christmas movies before you, you light the tree. You do. Well, I mean, it's tradition. It's tradition. <laughs> it's you do. Tradition. Yeah. You do. As soon as well. You know, my mother, if I don't watch Miracle on 34th Street or uh, uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas, I mean, it's, it's not Christmas. It's not so. You do? 
And then, yeah. you, then your Aunt Judy, my sister, who has to watch a million different versions of the Scrooge story. And, you know, that's fine. You know, I'm, I, watch, I watch a few. I love It's a Wonderful Life. I cry every time he can't find Zuzu's pedals. I'm a softie. A Christmas uh, Vacation, well, I'll watch that. I'll watch a Christmas Story. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, can I say this without ahead, people please, hating me? I get so tired uh-huh. of Christmas music. I oh, love it. Believe me, it, we we haven't even carved the turkey, and in October, people are playing Christmas music in Walmart. I yes. just sit, I just stand there. I'm like, wait a minute. You have your Halloween's, you have your Halloween masked out, but all of a sudden you're hearing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Is there a problem here? Now I'll tell you this. I love I love where I work. I, I work for the Cash Valley Media Group. And they yes, have sir. a radio station that, like, I think it was the Monday of uh, uh-huh. right after uh, um, right after Halloween that switched to yes, all sir. Christmas. There were radio oh, stations Lord. in this country that were switching to all Christmas music before Halloween. And and I uh. love I love Christmas music to a point, but how many times can you hear Jingle Bells? How many times can you hear Grandma got run over by a reindeer? Yeah. <sighs> but yes, yes, yes. I do. I I love Oh Holy Night. I love the mm-hmm. Drifters version of White Christmas. Please mm-hmm. home come, come home for Christmas by the Eagles. Tennessee Christmas go. by Amy mm-hmm. Grant. Uh, uh, it, it's incredible. And there are certain Christmas songs that I just like to hear, including Celebrate Me Home. By Kenny yes. Loggins, I love that song. So it's not oh, all yeah. Christmas I, music. I just get no, tired of it. No. So but. do I. But and I mean, I, like I said, your Christmas present is going to be coming to you very soon, and I hope you love your collection. To you put it to your collection, it's going to look so good on a mantle or anything like that. I've got it. Uh, had to fight an old lady with some crutches for it, but uh, I got that. We, we went two out of three rounds for it. Two out of three falls. She's a Didn't tough old bird. Yes, she is, especially, you know, those crutches don't have any give. Too, no, they metal. don't. No, so, they don't. So, oh, man. But uh, I tell you what, AEW is doing very well. The NWA is blended in with AEW now. It's looking good for NWA and AEW all together. What do you think? You know, I like the idea of them getting together, and I like the uh-huh. idea of the possibility <laughs> of in- including other promotions with AEW at times. Now, Don Canales was there at the last pay-per-view uh, with uh-huh. Kenny Omega. They've been, they have been were childhood friends, okay? And he was there mm-hmm. to provide that. Does that mean that Impact will be part of it? I don't know. I don't know how big of a role that Canales has with Impact anymore. Some reports say he doesn't have a role at all, but that's what uh, you know. we had the possibility of happening. I think it would yeah. be a very good idea for them to bring in uh, a different champion or somebody that is a big star from uh, another organization like an ROH, maybe bringing in someone uh, that's from ROH. Marty Skrull has done some stuff in the past and then, Mm -hmm. you know, and let them uh, do something to promote their, uh, their brand of wrestling like they've done with the NWA and the women's division. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm too. Uh, there's another wrestler right now that is getting a lot of attention. He's been on numerous, numerous different organizations, and that's EC3. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's done some impact and done ROH yeah. and yeah. He's been everywhere. I mean, he's on, even on the independent circuit. This man is a hot commodity. Uh, did you like the little thing with him and Moose? Yes. Or did you not really? Okay, that was some of the best. That was some of the best work I've ever seen in three days. Yeah, I was just watching was some good. of the YouTube videos on that, and and you know, EC3, uh, Ethan Carter the Third, whatever you want to call him, Derek Bateman, I think was his name when he was in WWE for a while. Uh, before impact he's a talent and i mean that's all you got to say and vince mcmahon let him get away by not using him correctly this is turnbuckletrash.net we'll be back with more with chris evans on turnbuckle trash but up next get set we have a referee and he has to referee between zane and i it's next on turnbuckle trash is a dangerous man one dangerous dangerous dude Are you kidding me, Chico? The most dangerous person on the internet is is one dangerous dude. Yes, he is. Yes, yes, he is. Here we are on Turnbuckle Trash. It's Dave Denton. And joining us right now is my co-host, Zane Peterson. And Zane, quickly, if you remember that we talked about wanting to talk to a, an official, a referee, on one of our Turnbuckle Trash. I think we talked about that on the last Turnbuckle Trash, didn't we? Yes, we did. And Richard, who's a, a trash head on a Facebook page, suggested we talk to the man that we have on the telephone right now in Colorado, the Renaissance man, the family man who is Emerald Lagasse in disguise because he's cooking dinner as we talk to him. Dewey Larson. Hi, Dewey. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Oh, I'm good. Zane, Zane, you all worked out and everything uh, after today? So. I did. I, I didn't work in my butt off out in the yard. I, uh. <laughs> I've been I've been uh, uh, doing my pandemic uh, uh, hibernation here. Uh, Dewey Larson joins us. Uh, Dewey, we have seen you work as an as a referee in DCW, but I understand you also do some refereeing with uh, is it OVW and also the Colorado uh, Springs Wrestling. Actually, OVW in Kentucky. Uh, Al Snow runs that, and he also he also owns the Al Snow Professional Wrestling Academy. So. I am um, an educator as well. I'm, I'm actually an instructor for the academy um, there in Kentucky, so I'm training referees. It's the only accredited sports entertainment tech school in the entire world. It is accredited through the state of Kentucky, so that's, that's quite an honor to be on staff with those guys. And then I also um, work with Rocky Mountain Pro out here in the Denver, Colorado area, and, uh, yeah, so I, I do get around a little bit and, and do some other promotions, but those are my main three promotions, DCW, RMP, and OVW. And we're going to talk about some, one of those other things uh, in just a few minutes uh, where okay. you get to dream big. Zane, oh, do you yeah, have any yeah. questions? I do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Zane, you got any questions real quick? Um, yeah, so Dewey, um, 
tell us how did you get your start in I mean you know how long have you been doing this uh, not just refereeing but involved in professional wrestling because me and Dave I, I don't know about you but I I almost don't even like the term sports entertainment. I always go back to professional wrestling. <laughs> Me too. Well, I'll I, I tell you what. Um, I grew up in the Texas Panhandle in Amarillo, Texas. And professional wrestling was huge there. We had world-class championship wrestling every Saturday evening. My dad would watch NWA out of Georgia. So I grew up watching professional wrestling, not really knowing a lot about it, I'm not, not a true fan of it. I was a kid, you know, I was a, a little one, but my dad loved it. I remember him taking me to the, you know, to the uh, wrestling arena there in Amarillo, and, and we had a friend that worked in production. And my dad was friends of the Funks. They went to school together. So we would go, and I wouldn't realize the importance then what I was watching until now. <laughs> so um, I, I got my start in professional wrestling, Right around um, the turn of the century there. That sounds so weird to oh, say. Oh, it does. But... Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, we're, we're, all, right... we're all old now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel old now. Um, so right around 2000 is when I started. I had always done, since the late 80s, I had done um, live event production. I was a touring roadie. I think that's what people call it. But actually, I, I was a rigger. I hung things from the sky, you know, all those lighting and audio that you see. There's lighting and audio, guys. I was a lighting guy, but I used to hang everything from the ceiling. Worked in pyrotechnics. I did a lot. So that's where that's where my my career really started. It moved towards officiating because life on the road, you know, you're at the end of a tour, you're done with that tour and you move on to something else. So um, I happened to be in Canada. I met some... Um, professional baseball umpires I said hey I want to try that so I you know I hooked up with those guys and next thing you know I'm at professional baseball umpiring school there is schools for that believe it or not and I was a minor league baseball umpire so um, to make a long story short as I got to the end of my um, baseball career and my, my partner I was quite a character anyway and they <laughs> said hey man you've done all this live entertainment stuff all this production stuff and now you've been a baseball, professional baseball official. Dude, you should go into the world of professional wrestling. And I just happened to have a couple friends that were on tour with WWE. So I reached out to them and I said, hey, um, is there, do you guys have any space, you know, on the crew or whatever? And the answer was no. But I got a call a few months later and said, hey, man, you're looking for a, somebody with a production background, with an officiating background. And I'm like, well... Give them my name. So I got a call, and they said, hey, here's a local promotion. You start training. I had no idea what I was getting into. So I did. And three months later, they go, hey, come out. We want to meet you. So I went out, and five different times I went out all around the country, Memphis, Orlando, Portland, Oregon, um, Dallas, Texas. So I went out to all these places. And I went backstage. I met the production people. I met reps. I met, I, I met people. I, you know, it was a familiarity kind of thing. So two years go by, and I'm like, have I wasted my time? What am I doing here? And I just happened to get a call. They said, hey, we got a new project. We're thinking about bringing you on. Let's talk details. Now, this was the time before they had Deep South and, and Florida Championship Wrestling. And, you know, they were pulling their, their minor leagues was 
OVW. That was the minor league. Right. So, you know, I went out to OVW for a week, believe it or not. Was that and, when um, Was that when Nightmare uh, Danny Davis had them? Yes. Yeah, okay. I remember. So that was a long, long time ago. Yeah, it was, man. <laughs> so I did that, and um, sorry, I'm flipping over my porch. Right now. I got mm, there with my- <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, grilling out tonight in freezing weather. It's awesome. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right, so flip the steaks. I'm good. So now then, I uh, you know I started with them, and uh, before you know it, I'm. Working, building, building the rings, building ropes, and getting ready for my career to start with WWE. That's that's what happened. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, hey, I, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you real quick uh, before we get back into the refereeing thing. Uh, growing up in Texas, were you a Von Erich fan or were you a Freebird fan? That's important to me. <clears throat> I was definitely a Von Erich fan. Okay, well, we'll we'll have to disagree yeah. on that one. <laughs> I love I love MSA. I love Michael PSAs, man. I did. I thought it was awesome. My sister was really close friends with um, Terry Gordy's wife. Oh, wow. So, So, you know, I knew of them, and Terry was always the nicest man. Uh He was just the nicest. Uh But I remember Michael as just being a jerk. And Uh let me tell you, when you work with the company, and I'm like, I remember you when I was a little kid, and – Damn it if you're not the same guy. Holy cow. <laughs> so he's yeah, he was he was he was a, a handful behind the stage and a handful in front of the stage and that's Michael though. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> uh, when you when you're at uh, OVW and you're going to learn how to referee a professional wrestling match. It's that's just a little bit different than minor league baseball, I would imagine. You had to oh my to learn a lot of things, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first off, and, and I, I train exactly the way I was taught. You have to learn the business first, the history of the business, the ins and outs. You have to know why you're in there, even. You know, because for a lot of years, back in the, the you know the turn of the century, so to speak, in the 1900, early 1900s, they didn't have officials like they do now. You know, it was it, it was a local guy, and and it was you know they were doing these local tough man contests. And it was the announcer, you know. Then, yeah. then, the 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 evolution of wrestling changed to need an official to make it more believable. When the Frank Gotch started his promotion in the early early part of um, the 1900s, people started thinking, "Hey, this isn't real. This isn't real." So they started it thinking it wasn't real back then, but they still were trying to suspend people's disbelief. So they had to bring in. A police officer, so to speak, <laughs> and so the referee, as we know it today, was born, and it's obviously evolved just like the business has evolved. Mm-hmm. Zane, so, um, if I if I can butt in here real quick, I'll make a comment real quick, and then I'll ask you a question. So, you know, everybody thinks that the referee, oh, he's just out there, you know, to, you know, for show and stuff like that. So, what is the kayfabe purpose of of a a referee? I mean, what like you said, why you know the referee? Why was he there? To to the referee is out there to facilitate the facade of authority, a human prop, so to speak. Wow. Somebody dictating order for the company, like a police officer. Yeah, that's exactly their role, and that's the job. Now I've but, seen I've seen some refs take some pretty nasty bumps. You had to learn how to take oh, yeah. a bump, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know what? To this day, I think 
if a ref takes a bump like a like a worker, like a wrestler or whatever you want to call them, at the talent, then that just shows, hey, he's trained. I would rather a referee take a shot and just fall, and it looks horrible because he doesn't know how to take a bump. He doesn't. Uh-huh. Know, he, he doesn't. He's not a wrestler. He's a referee. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. It helps suspend the disbelief because everything that we do is in question. Everything we do. Wow. As it should be. You know? Yeah, it should be. Well, I was going to ask you about one role that I think a lot of people forget about is is the, the role of the referee and how they uh, help to protect the talent that's in the ring. Recently, I was watching NXT and saw that horrible injury with Ridge Holland, and I saw one of the officials just absolutely put a body block on, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Danny Birch that uh, did the flop that uh, injured him, and just put a body block and knocked him off Ridge Holland. you got to be real sure. careful with these guys, don't you? Uh, yeah, you do. I mean, we're, we're all human and, um, whether, whether, you know, they look across at each other, they realize, Hey, I have a family to take care of too. It's not my job or my goal to injure you, but I want to hurt you. I want to, I want to make it look real Uh and everything about it look real. So sometimes an incident or an accident will happen and yeah, it's the referee's job to go in there and say, Hey, this guy's really injured. It's, it's time to stop. Mm-hmm. I, I was we impressed by that. Yeah, you do. Yep. Zane? Um, so uh, when when you take a bump like you were talking about, I mean, tell us a, maybe a quick story on some maybe a uh, time that you've taken a bump or, or something like that, that that you were like, oh, man, that really got me good. Um, I took a chair shot one time. And I wasn't supposed to take it on my head. I knew it was coming. It was going to be on my back. But I knew it was coming, and I put my elbows up. And I thought I broke my arm. Whoa. Yeah, it was hard. And then not only was it one, he came back for another one. So I tucked in my arm, and I didn't even think about my back. So, you know, it's it was – to then it was like taking a bump. Oh, man. Wow. Dang. Wow. But, you know, I, I, I took a bump last weekend at DCW, and then I took another bump. I'm at OVW just two nights ago, so it's like <laughs> I've been beat up this week. <laughs> wow. So when wow. did you work with the WWE? I mean, I, I was looking at uh, some of your stuff on Facebook. It says yeah, you worked as a live uh, a live event production and then also uh, a, a former live event production manager. When did you work with the WWE? Um, 2003 to 2009. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, so right after the, the, the F got out and it became the E, I came in, mm-hmm. and then I was with the company until uh, February 18th of 2009. Wow. Mostly so, positive? Um, what's that? Was it mostly a positive experience? Um, mostly, mostly. Good, Good to hear that. So. Yeah. Okay, Zane? Mostly so one thing that, uh, those things, but, you know. <laughs> one thing that don't, always don't intrigues. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry about that. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's hard when there's three people and we all are like, wait a minute, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, good. So, so one thing, Dave and I always talk about, and Dave knows this about me, one thing that always fascinates me and intrigues me about professional wrestling is not necessarily what goes on in the ring, but what goes on backstage. I mean, there's so much that goes into making a production happen. Like you talked about with, yep. with the lights, the camera. Um, tell us 
about the the behind the scenes experience of professional wrestling. What is it like back there? What is it like when you said like you were hanging those lights and putting that ring together? I mean, you know, it's different for everybody. It really is. But you know, even today, WWE they have um, talent reps and production reps. So production reps mm-hmm. are the guys that get there at the crack of dawn. And they're out there, and they set up the ring. They roll it out of the truck. They have stagehands. They roll it out of the truck. They set the ring up. They set the, the um, everything that you see ringside, they set up. They also set up the barricade and the dasher wall. That's also their job. So then there's talent reps that they just come in with a regular talent call a few hours before doors, and, you know, and they, they don't have to do those things. Now then, they also get paid differently, too, you know. You work harder, you get paid a little more. Mm-hmm. You have better opportunities. You make yourself, I, whenever I'm teaching my guys, I'm, I tell them, make yourself an asset to the company. It's not just what you do in the ring, it's what you do outside the ring. Are you valuable outside the ring? Do you have any kind of production knowledge? Can you even drive a car? Do you have a clean driving record so that you can go pick up talent and things like that? It's, it's a very ambitious day at TV. Now, a live event backstage is completely different. It's just, it's so lax. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Because you've got, you got a million things that can go wrong. And uh, I wanted to, to jump in here real quick with uh, something for Zane. Uh, I don't know if Zane remembers this or enough, but right before the pandemic hit and everything just kind of shut down, Zane had a friend, I believe it was in San Antonio, the WWE was getting ready for a TV event, and they were going to debut their WrestleMania sign that night. And your friend actually took a picture of it and sent it to you, Zane. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I still have a, I still have my SmackDown Live. Uh, awesome. post. Uh, it's a, I guess it would be more like a billboard in my garage. <laughs> yeah. He does. He has a big old uh, canvas. Well, it's a, it's an advertising sign. Plus, you have a chair from one of the events. Oh, yeah, wow. I got a hell in the cell. Yeah, my buddy that works at the AT and T Stadium. He. He stole a hell in a cell chair. Hey, don't tell me that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Actually, those chairs, man, that's, man, that was an incarnation from WCW. They were the ones that started the chair thing, and you just kind of pick off, you know. Uh-huh. You buy a front row seat or one of the first three rows, you're going to get a awesome commemorative chair. Whoa. That's so cool. Uh, I was going to ask so you, cool. Dewey, about uh, uh, back in the day when, when you were talking yeah. about growing up in Texas with – with uh, the the local events in Texas, with the Freebirds, the Von Erichs, that was basically out of Dallas, and you were up in the Amarillo area. Did you get some yeah. of the Mid South wrestling from Louisiana and Arkansas with Bill? Watts? I didn't get as much. Uh-huh. I didn't get as much. I, 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 you know, I know of those guys, but I only knew about them whenever they were, you know, passing through and they they were trading territory uh-huh. guys. I mean, that that was really the only time I saw those guys. And it seems like a lot of those guys ended up going to AD, or excuse me, AWA. They took that route, and then other guys ended up going through NWA. That was that seemed to be the kind of mainstay there. So you were kind of basically when you got into it, everything was going where the the territories were just kind of eh, just kind of d- disbanding a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever I actually got into it, the territories were gone. It was just oh, the wars yeah. between. Um, you know, WCW and and uh, WWE or WWF at that time. Yeah. Well, I get to I get to brag on my my partner Zane here again because he was at a uh, Monday Nitro. Was it Nitro that you were at? Where yeah, Bill it was Goldberg? Not, it wasn't, it wasn't, 
Yep, Bill Goldberg's debut, man. Yeah, he was he was actually in oh, that wow. crowd. That's incredible. Yes, that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, was, he, he uh, it was Horace Hogan that he uh, Jack did the old uh, he spared Horace Hogan and gave him the what, what does he call the jackknife or whatever it is. The jackhammer. Yeah. The jackhammer. Jack yeah, the jackknife. Yeah, or jackhammer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I'm from I'm from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. So I grew up on on Memphis. Oh wrestling. yeah, yeah, man. I tell you, and I'm an old dude, you know. So I grew up with uh, watching. Grew up uh, Lawler and... Yeah, I grew up on Lawler, Jerry Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, and uh, yeah, the Nightmare Jarrett, Danny too. Davis. I remember watching him wrestle a lot in Memphis. Ricky Morton and all those guys. Yeah, I, they went the yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I'll tell and you after, this. I saw Jeff Jarrett in his first television match. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a skinny runt. I mean, he was thin <laughs> as thin. I mean, this, you know, Echo, who uh, who wrestles for DCW, he's a thin young sure. man. He looked, yeah. he, Jeff looked thinner than that. Wow. And, and Echo can go. Don't get me wrong. He can go. So, oh, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that you are witnessing now in professional wrestling because you've been here. When the when the independent scene wasn't as hot as it is right now, now you've got a a, a very viable independent scene. You've got uh, Rocky Mountain sure. Pro. You've got people like DCW. You've got uh, even Impact and, uh, and the, oh yeah, Amer- uh, what's it? Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and Arizona. There's a very active independent scene, and is that uh, going to help feed stars of the future? I I, I believe it is, and it's going to get. It's going to get even deeper than that, okay. and, I, and I tell you why. There is rumor; it's only speculation that live events are a thing of the past for the big. Community. Wow! If that is in fact the case, that is going to be huge for independent and territory wrestling again. They wow. happened because you know if you think back to 2009, whenever WWE. Stop doing their live events and their, their tours through Europe, the Europe independence exploded, which is why you have such a strong European UK NXT division. Now, we're, we're, they are no longer doing live events over there. They started that in 2009, and it was just huge. It built up their territories over there and allowed their talent to be showcased again. Hmm. So I think if that happens here in the United States, the territories are coming back, and all these independents, they're going to start strengthening again, which is its great for the business in general. That also allows more attention to the to the, um, the talent pool going into NXT and, and the developmentals, you know, the, the dream factories and OVWs. We're going to have better opportunities to draw. Well, and, and not only that, is, is you know, it, the, the 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 talent in those those promotions gets a break, you know. There, oh, yeah. if they don't do those live events, you know. And, and Dave and I have talked about this a lot. Like, you know, what good does it do for the WWE to come to Salt Lake on a Sunday night and sell three thousand seats? I mean, yeah, they they probably go in the hole. Yeah. It is brutal. I mean, it's, this is the, if you look at the numbers that came out for the fiscal year. This was WWE's best year in the 2000s. Wow. Financially. Unreal. This was their best year financially because they didn't have the overhead for all the other venues. They didn't have the overhead for the um, traveling crews 
the trucks, the lighting packages, the audio, they don't have all that now. They have one lighting package, one audio package, one set, everything with a skeleton crew, and it's in Orlando right now. So they minimize all their costs. So they don't have and the that's one thing that uh, That's one thing that killed uh, Impact was, uh, you know, Hogan wanted them to go out on the road. He says, we've got to get this product out on the road. And so, I mean. The only, it, reason, and the only reason he said that is because that was the going thing to do then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was that was the going thing to do. You got to be out there and you got to get seen. But those days have changed. Everything is streaming live now. You know, how many independents 10 years ago could you just type up and you could watch their matches? You couldn't. Right. Yeah. Just 10 years ago you couldn't. Now you can. You can type wow. anybody's initials in there and then you get something from them. So it's huge. You don't have to have live events anymore. You have you do a show in your backyard in front of your mom and dad, and guess what? You can have a million views if you market it right. That's just the way it is these days. So there's no need to spend money on, on ridiculousness. Yeah, I remember back when Hogan was doing that. I don't know if Zane was doing the, the shows with me then or not, but there was a show they did in Nebraska, Impact Wrestling. I mean, pretty big names there, and they drew 300 people for an Impact Wrestling yeah. event. And you can imagine the red ink from that uh. one, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was a part of things like that. Oh, wow. That had to be hard. When ECW came back and we started touring ECW, the WWE version of ECW, we would go in venues like we did an arena here in Colorado, and I was so excited. I was going to be back home and people were going to see me. So we, we I think it was the Budweiser Event Center that hold, holds like 10,000 people. It's a minor league hockey stadium. We had... 400, 500 people there. Oh, we did a half oh house tournament and the place still looked empty. Oh. I couldn't believe it. And we had top names. I think wow. um, Kurt Angle was our champion. We had the big show out there with us. And then we had all those ECW stars. I mean, C- CM Punk, before he was really big, was there. Um, it was it was loaded. We, we were stacked. And we still drew like nobody. But then if I go east of the Mississippi, holy cow. You know, we did a small arena in, in Michigan, place I never heard of, and and we we sold out. We had 3,000 people in this small little place, and there was people you know, trying to get tickets outside, and it's like, holy cow. Hmm. We can't do that. Listen, Mississippi, that was the following that ECW had. Oh. Wow. Hmm. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, so uh, back to what Dewey does. Let's talk about what <laughs> Dewey does, okay? <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about one of the side gigs you have, Dream Big okay. Entertainment. Tell us yep. about Dream Big and what, what, that's, what does that do? <clears throat> when I was a kid, I went to an air show as a, as a kid. My dad was in the Air Force. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, if you go to air shows now, you can get in cargo planes and helicopters and in those those planes, but the fighter jets are off limits. They don't let people in them. And I, as a kid, as an eight-year-old kid, I told my dad, it's okay, Dad. I'm going to have my own someday, and I'm going to let everybody in it. And I meant that. And it was just kind of a joke, and it just kind of stuck with me. So fast forward now, um, when I was released from WWE, I'm like, what am I going to do now? You know, I went through the depression stage. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And my wife finally said, what did you tell my dad that you were going to do to take care of us when we retire? And I said, I'm going to get a fighter jet cockpit. I'm going to put it on a trailer, and I'm never going to work for anybody else again. I'm going to live my dream, and I'm going to take it around and share. 
So that's how the idea started. So now 10 years in, well, 11 years starting now in, I've had multiple fighter jet, real authentic demilitarized military cockpits from the United States cut in half, permanently attached to trailers, and now I take them around and do air shows, events, veterans' homes, children's homes, school visits, sharing aviation history and fighter jets and allowing people to slip inside and grab a hold of the throttle and the stick and, and just for a moment, Imagine what it's like to be a fighter pilot, and the business has just taken off. Now then, so now that you know what I've done my entire life, <laughs> COVID has been bad for anything in the entertainment industry, and that's uh, all I know is entertainment, yeah. uh-huh. whether it's sports or concerts or, or air shows and car shows. Everything's gone right now. Unreal. But that's wow. what I do. That's I, I still dream. So uh, that we we we. Um, this has been quite the focus of of uh, the podcast a lot lately. Is I saw, and maybe it's changed now, but um, Sticks put on their website or on their Facebook page um, that live events employ almost 90 million Americans. Absolutely. Think about and, that. And so... The, the people that are sitting home right now, and I know that there's a few things coming back, but I, I just can't imagine. So share with us what your feelings are on, on live events and how this has affected you. It's, I'm, oh, I'm heartbroken, for one. Because there's, I mean, live entertainment, whether it's, it's your local bar down the street has a band. Somebody has to operate the lighting and audio. Somebody is in charge of, of the overall production. Somebody is in charge of security for that. And there's, and, and there's people within those departments. So just even at the bar level, there's you know hundreds of people that no longer have a way to, to make a revenue. So if you, if you multiply that to these multi-billion dollar touring companies, we're done. We are done. Broadway is dark for the first time, you know? It's, and for every production, there's hundreds of people behind, thousands of people behind each production that are responsible for making that thing happen, whether it's the, the secretary who writes everyone's checks or you know, the management that makes all the calls, the local stagehands that, that are struggling right now. It, it's, 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 it's horrible. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I once was told... It doesn't matter how bad the economy, people will always pay to be entertained because they don't want to be reminded of the bad things. They want to be encouraged about good things. So that's what live entertainment was about. So when a pandemic comes and it completely shuts down, where do people go? Where do people go? They sit in they're front of their about, computer and doing nothing, right? I heard, I heard that they're talking about, you know, movie theaters may not even come back. Hollywood's going streaming. You know, it's like, what is happening? Wow. Yeah. That's just, it's heartbreaking to hear all that. I mean, Zane and I were talking about, you know, on the local level, you got the people that uh, park the cars, that uh, provide local security. They're not, the restaurants around like the Maverick Center in Salt Lake City. I mean, I've been down to a lot of events and spent a lot of money at the Applebee's there. 
but I haven't been probably in over a year now because the events yeah. aren't there. And it, uh, this is something that so, I'm hoping we can get out of really soon. Well, then, then I get people saying, well, you know, you should get a real job now. I'm like, you're telling me that 90 million Americans don't have a real job. That wasn't a real job. Oh man. I'm like, don't, don't judge a book by its cover. All those people had to work for a living and now we're out of work. And what do we do? We're having to create things. And, there's only you know so much interest that can people can steal on the internet from other people because everyone's going there now. Uh-huh. Like you said, they sit in front of their computer screens. Unreal. And yeah, here, here I am. Sitting, here I am sitting in front of my computer screen talking to you. <laughs> but you know, uh, when you're talking about entertainment, I am in. I, I call it the low end of uh, the entertainment business myself. I, I work at a radio station here in Logan, Utah. <laughs> I'm the morning. I'm the the morning voice on Cool 103.9. And nice. I it, I find it hard right now to be upbeat and 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 talk to people and and letting them know that you know what it's still important to get out there and support your local events your your local That's charities. That's what you have to do. And That's what you have to do, though. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard though. It's really difficult. It, it it is hard, but you know what? It takes people like us that are still motivated and still. I I you know my payment is a smile on someone's face. Oh. I put a smile on someone's face. I've done my job. So if I can inspire people to not give up, not quit, things will change. Things will get better. But if, we, if we're all down, then there's no hope. I'm not going to lose my hope. And if I can be a motivation for somebody, I want to do that, I, even if it's just one person. Wow. Well, you just, you just made my day, Dewey. You just made my day. Go, go ahead, Zane. Um, you know, and one thing that, you know, I have, me and Dave have talked about this a lot, and to try to be respectful of of people, you know, not you know, with with this with this pandemic going on, you know, different people are affected different ways by it. Sure, sure. And and and, and to try to, you know, not be rude or not be a jerk. You know, you see so much hate and so much divide and so much going on right now. I just you know, I've tried to stay active in just keeping in contact with my local representatives and saying, Hey, you know, you know, it's, we got people out of work. This is affecting kids in school. I mean, yeah. And I just was, my comment was that, you know, there is things that, that we can do to be kind and to, to get things back to somewhat normal without being jerks, I guess was my point. Oh yeah. Here's the, here's the, you know, here's the thing, no matter how bad it is right now, the one thing that is correct about everything, we're all in this together. Yeah. Yeah, we're, times and times, you know, when the economy crashed, not every, it didn't crash for everybody, you know. But this has literally affected the world in such a way that we are all in this together. We all know somebody now that has had this thing. Hell, I've had it. Oh, really? My kids have had it. Oh, man. Yeah. So... It's 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 a it's a it's a process, you know. There yeah. there is hope. Just because you get it, I mean, we're everyone's so scared of this thing. They have us scared of this thing. But if you get it and you make it through, then you're like, hey, I, I got this. This is it's not that it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But it's the scare that it is a big deal. And make no mistake, pandemic, you know, it, it's a big deal. And there are people that are dying from it, but there's also people that are. I, I have a lung issue, but 
So I thought I was on the, on the high end of this thing, and <laughs> so I didn't want to go out and rip. I didn't want to get in the ring with people, you know, because they might get me sick. Well, I got it sick, and I got everyone else sick. Oh. And I, I, oh. I walked away two weeks later, and I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe this. This is crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, it affects wow. everybody differently. Yeah, I just uh, found out a dear friend of mine uh, is in the hospital right now because of it, and we also lost a friend of the program and the Super Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, he he died a few yeah. months ago from it. I was heartbroken because I, I thought the world of Super D and uh, the kind of man he oh, was. Oh, yeah, great guy. I watched him as a kid. He was uh, one of those guys that came through there and saw. Oh, man. that's But it it is a very serious subject, and I'm glad uh, yeah. you've, you've talked about it in a way that uh, is respectful and, and then – also, we need to make sure that we're taking some precautions to protect others, and I think that's uh, something that some people just Absolutely. don't. Uh, some people just don't. You know, get. And, and even even from our standpoint at the indie level, I think the independent level has allowed, or well, we allowed live bands to come back in before the big companies did, because right. obviously they're larger. But we showed them the success that we can have, and not affect people, and. The things that we've had to do, everyone has to wear a mask backstage. We still have to social distance backstage. You know, we, we still have to protect ourselves. After every match, we're wiping down ropes and wiping down corners with disinfectant before we go to the next match. Hmm. Whatever we can do, it's those, those small things. We're doing our part. You don't see a lot of stuff going on outside the ring where fans can interact with you anymore. We're keeping it contained, keeping social distancing. If everyone can do their part, there can still be – Live entertainment. There can, but Good. everyone has uh-huh. to do their part. Everyone. Huh. Everyone. Wow. So one more uh, one more quick question on my part. I wanted to talk to you about uh, uh, some of our friends at Devotion Championship Wrestling. I think you've been there since the beginning. Have you not, Dewey? Well, say that again. I'm sorry. De- Devotion Championship Wrestling. You've been pretty much there since the beginning. They're getting yeah. ready for their second anniversary show coming up in December. You got to be Looking real proud of it. yeah. You got to be real proud of the growth that uh, Manny and uh, Recca and Tombstone Jesus and the Brother Smith, and then you got yeah. the guys from Colorado uh, from the Rocky Mountain Pro coming in. Bruce Wayans, I love the final. I love that. I love that character. <laughs> I look, man. For, look for big things from that kid. Oh, me too. He's future. got such a mouth on him. I, I love it. He's one of my favorites. Charisma. But you've got to be you've got to be real proud of the of both promotions that you're working with right now. All three actually when you talk when you start getting Al Snow you know, and we, OVW in there. We we've all been friends. We've all been friends for a, a lot of years and you know Matt Yady, he's, I when I when I first started training as a ref, Matt was this young little skinny punk kid and he was a wrestler and then you know Al Al Snow got a hold of him and took him to Impact and TNA and he worked over there with Al. And he came home and he did something special. You know, he took this, his, his dream of a small promotion, he turned it into this thriving entity in the state of Colorado. Not only that, people look at him as, wow, this is not just a promotion. This is a place where people are actually learning the business. Not just how to duck a clothesline or whatever. They're learning the business and making themselves an asset for the higher levels. Well, Manny came through started the same thing you know he had a promotion up there and in utah and he's like you know i want to keep this going i want to do it my way and so he did it and he did it so well that people followed him he did it so well that they not only followed him other promotions were coming in like hey we'll support you so there was that friendship there and then 
Al Snow saw him and was like, hey, you know, Rocky Mountain Pro DCW, I, I really love what you guys are doing. I want you guys to come on board with us and be a part of our academy. And that's how you build territories, guys. Ideas. And it's happening. Wow. It's happening right now as we speak. Al Snow's um, the, the Al Snow Wrestling Academy is in, they have 22 promotions outside of the country. Wow. 22 promotions outside of the country in India, in Iraq. In Asia, wow. Romania, Al Snow Wrestling Academy is used. It's not just a local territory. It is a territory around the world because we can with the way streaming is and video is. So all of us to be a part of that, we're all so excited. I know Manny is really excited about the, uh, the 19th of December whenever we have that two-year anniversary up there. It's going to be off the hook. Get ready for some surprises. I'm sure they're going to pull out all the stops. It's going to be it's going to be a great time. And then Matt Matt Yaden just celebrated 10 years with Rocky Mountain Pro. So wow. it's 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 time, guys. Indie wrestling is on the rise. I mean, you you don't have to be you could be blind and still see it. I mean, literally. Yeah. That's NWA, awesome. what they're doing over there with uh, you know pro wrestling from Hollywood. It's just it's not ending. Independent wrestling is so important. Look, didn't WWE just buy Evolve? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, independent wrestling's huge, guys. It's coming. It's coming. I hope you guys are ready. I hope I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> I, I really am, man. I, I'm not kidding you. And, uh, by the way, uh, just going to throw this out there. If you need any kind of voice work done, you got it, brother. No no charge, okay? Just let me know, okay? <laughs> I got a little hey, studio here. Must do it. Yeah, I can, I can do that. Because... Back, yeah. So, uh, wow. any other questions for, uh, for Dewey, Zane? Uh Cal, bring them. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> I, I got. I got I, one I real quick. You think about this real quick. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I was going to. I was okay. looking at your Dream Big Facebook page today. Yeah. And and you had a picture of uh, Lacey Evans. You did a yeah. photo shoot with Lacey. Uh, she's such a good <laughs> talent. I just. I All love right. that character. I tell you what, man. I. Uh, I love Lacey. She's she's a good personal friend, and uh, I love her and her husband and and their daughter Summer. They're just. They're great people, and and it just we met kind of by accident. I was in town doing an air show the day that Lacey reached out and says, "Hey, I need a pinup photographer quick. Is there anybody in my area?" And I'm like, "Well, I do pinup photography with my model, my uh, assistants that I have. Mm-hmm. I'll shoot them with the airplanes, you know, in World War II and things like that. You know, that 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 whole vibe." And um, so I reached out to Lacey. I'm like, "Lacey, you don't know me." But I used to work for the same company you work for. I used to work for WWE, and I am in town. And ironically, I'm surrounded by airplanes, and I would love the opportunity to shoot with you. Take oh, a look wow. at my portfolio, and literally, it took like five minutes. She's like, oh, my God, give me your number. we got to talk. So she huh. called, and, and we hit it up. I, I met her and her husband that night, and we, we just laid out a plan. And the next day, we shot all day long, all day long. All with modern planes, I got to shoot her with the Blue Angels. I shot her with some World War II planes. Some of my air show friends, they're like, yeah, we'd love to have her shoot with us. So, you know, I got her on the P-51 and the A-4 and F-4U. And, oh, my gosh, it was crazy. It was just crazy, crazy, crazy day. But because of that, we just hit it off and we became good friends. So we're, we're still friends today. As a matter of fact, when she comes through Denver, she stays on my, on my couch downstairs. All right. Oh, love that. Yeah. And yeah, she's you can kid. tell her she's got some fans up in here in Utah. You really do. So. Oh, she's a good, good lady. Good, good. So, 
Uh, I have one question for you real quick. Uh, sure. You kind of touched on this a second ago, but maybe um, go into a little bit of more detail on the the uh, the access to independent wrestling, like with YouTube and streaming sure. and things like that. Um, did you ever think that this was going to happen? You no. know, I mean, like you said, 10 years ago, <laughs> I, I mean, the, we, I we had the Internet, did. but... I don't think anybody ever could have imagined how crazy social media and the social media presence and all the different apps and all the video apps and YouTube. I don't think anyone could have ever projected that those things were going to be such a huge viable asset and a monetized asset as well. There's guys out there that make a living doing what you guys are doing, doing blogs and, and things like that. They make a very, very handsome living for themselves sharing information, getting information out there in a way that had never been done before. Mm -hmm. And isn't honestly that the way evolution happens with it? You know, wrestling got put really back in the, in the limelight in the 80s with, um, when, you know, with the Hulk Hogan and everybody wanted to be a wrestler all of a sudden. And it just evolved. The characters evolved. Wrestling is, you know, and that was just with TV. You know, you went from the black and white to all of a sudden you have cable TV in the 80s. And, and you know, you went from the, the five-channel television to 20 channels. And you were, the, you were awesome if you had 20 channels. Now you have 1,000 channels, plus you got your Internet streaming. It's, the option is there is no limits to the option. And, you know, as uh, someone who grew up in the 70s, I would be so jealous of my cousins who lived in a smaller town than, than I did in <laughs> Memphis because we got the basic four channels, you know. We had PBS, yeah. we had the three networks, and maybe a UHF, and only one of them showed wrestling. And I would go visit my cousins in Paris, Tennessee, <laughs> and they'd get the wrestling from Georgia, they'd get Madison Square Garden, and I was yeah. so jealous of them at that time. So I, I can see how, wow. how it is is just growing and growing. I, I'm I'm just... Really impressed and Dewey. I I personally want to thank you for taking time out of cooking My for your pleasure. family. I mean, the Emerald Lagasse of wrestling, <laughs> that's what, bam, it takes a different tune, doesn't it? So uh, you know, anytime well, you, we guys. can, anytime we can help out. Well, you know, we're we're a small little podcast, but we are growing and we're trying to grow it. And uh, I I do appreciate well, you coming in. I, I I truly appreciate you guys a lot. Um, it's it's people like you, and 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 us. And, and our heart for the business and, and our love of professional wrestling, they're going to keep it going for years to come, and it's not going to happen without people like us. So thank you guys for what you're doing. Thank you for blessing me with the opportunity to come and speak with you guys. And, you know, I'll, I'll watch for you guys and watch for bigger and better things. All right. Thank uh, you, Dewey. Thanks, Dewey. All right. Uh, all right, guys. Okay. Have a great night, Dewey. Hey, thank you all very much. Turnbuckle Trash is growing. Now, Turnbuckle Trash can be heard on Apple Podcast, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcast, Overcast, PocketCast, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. That is right. Yep. You are correct. But I am going to say something to Zane. Zane, you need to catch up on the murder mystery of Dallas on Impact. You've got to keep up with this. 
This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but it is so funny to watch. You just kind of sit there and go, I can't believe I'm watching this, but it's so interesting to see these idiots do this. Now, this this was the, the wedding where he got shot. Is that correct? Yes. Now, I haven't yes. watched much of that, so I'm going to have to go back and uh, check that out. I've heard this, about it's it. So, yeah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But, you know, it's so interesting. And where have we seen this before? What wedding has any wrestling organization gone well? We all know it's not going to go well. <laughs> There's always yeah, something. Fine. It's like when they have a you know a contract signing in the ring. You know, yeah. it's not going to get to good. Not going to happen. So, well, now that we've got a new WWE champion, and Randy Orton is going to try to break Ric Flair's streak of 17, this is what they're doing. I mean, come on, the writing's on the wall. They're trying to make uh, Randy Orton a 17-time champion. And I believe what's going to happen is after he gets the 17, he's done. I think that's what's going to happen. Randy will say, you know what, I'm finished. Yeah. And he needs to. He's had a heck of a career. Oh, man. And I, I, I said mean, it I said it a couple of uh, podcasts ago. I've uh-huh. enjoyed his work over the past year probably more than I have in years. Yes, his in-ring work, that, his yes. psychology, uh, mm-hmm. the way yep. he's cut promos. I, I think this is some of the, his best work he has done in years. So hats off, Randy Orton, big fan. Uh, even though uh, I can't stand those sleeves you have on your arms because uh, I'm not a big <laughs> tattoo guy, <laughs> but I really do I really do enjoy his work. So, Oh, his work is perfect in the ring, outside the ring. I mean, yeah, he's broke character a lot with uh, some things that he's done outside the ring. But the main Who doesn't? No, who doesn't these days? He's broke character. Who hasn't broke character? Even The Undertaker has broke character. That is the I mean, amazing yeah. that's the amazing thing with the WWE network. Now mm-hmm. I hate to be shilling for the network, but that I mean, if it wasn't for the pay per views and then the occasional shows like they've been putting on the documentaries, which are incredible, by the way. Uh this this work they did with The Undertaker and Randy Orton both breaking character, talking about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that went on. If you like the behind-the-scenes stuff, then yep. uh, you're really going to enjoy this portion of the WWE Network. I I really do. Have you got to the one with Jerry Lawler yet? Yes, I did. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Okay, good, good. I was wondering about the one with Lawler, see how good it was. I didn't. Get, I wasn't able to see that one. Well, uh, Jerry spent a lot of the time talking about uh, some of the early days. He spent, uh, you know, of course, everybody always asked to ask him about Andy Kaufman, which to me, um, but uh, I'm tired of talking about it a little bit. And and by the way, do you remember that your aunt, my sister, Sandra, was actually working in the emergency room the night of that big match where Kaufman was injured with his neck? After the Paul yes. pod driver, and well, so what? Injured, yeah. but my sister Sandra was there and saw it coming in. Yes, and she said that he was playing it so well, and then after everybody was gone, he got up and said, "Okay." But you know that Andy Kaufman was paid uh, was paid by the USWA. It wasn't called USWA. It was called um, what was it back then? Mid South. Was it Mid South? You no. know he never cashed that. He never cashed the check. No, and he paid for the ambulance ride, paid for the hospitalization yeah. himself. Yeah, he mm-hmm. want he if he could have been a professional wrestler, Andy Kaufman would have been a pro wrestler. 
And I think it was, I'm trying to remember who said it. Uh, it might have been somebody like Vince McMahon. Somebody in the, in the future said that if Andy Kaufman would have had any kind of size on him, he would have been yep. a wonderful professional wrestler because he knew how to press the buttons. That was his his talent. So, well, I hated he would do that. To the, he he would do that to the people of Memphis, calling them, telling them how to have to use the soap and toilet paper, and us Southern people did, you know. And there were folks who were ready to kill him. Oh yeah, I mean, they were ready to kill this man, and yeah. he brought so much heat, but it was so good. But, and isn't man, that what it's all about? Getting heat. Whether it's yes. good heat or bad or heat, bad, yes, you've got to get that's, some that's sort of heat. Missing. That's what's missing in a lot of wrestling right now. That's what's missing. You've got to get the heat. Like uh, when the Road Warriors put the spike in Dusty Rhodes' eye and tried to take his eye out. They, that was the heat that people brought. And then when Jim Cornette would come out and start running that little southern trap of his people wanted to jump over the rails and hit him with his own tennis racket that was heat yeah that was heat. and when Jer when jerry lawler turned heel people were ready to kill him he had to have a starter pistol in his bag uh -huh. to his out of, to his car that's right now so, i'm gonna i'm gonna turn uh -huh. this around just a little bit because okay you mentioned the name james e coronet jimmy uh -oh. Cornette. i love the dude i mean i really yes. do but uh -huh. you know sometimes he's got to remember the days of kayfabe are dead. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. He criticizes AEW relentlessly oh, yes. when mm -hmm. they did the segment with Chris Jericho and MJF doing the yes. dancing and singing. Oh, you would have oh. thought there was the, the end of the world as we know it. Thank you, REM. But... Well. You know, it, I would venture a guess, and I'm just going to say this against about James E. He's forgotten uh -huh. that kayfabe, kayfabe is dead. Because yes, I would think that probably over 75% of the wrestling audience today, if not more, are in on the game. And they're sitting there just watching it for the entertainment value. Well, yeah, because the kayfabe is dead and... I'll admit, when I saw that, MJF got a heck of a voice. <laughs> He's got a heck of a voice. And you mentioned but, about that wedding with the Who Shot Dallas? Yes. It was it the was, same but, thing. It was so bad, you had you couldn't turn away from it. Yeah, you couldn't. And now they had the murder mystery, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what what is this? But then you, it's it's almost like two dogs, you know, doing something on the side of the road. You can't turn your head. You got to see what the heck they're doing. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I don't know. MJF and Jericho singing. It was like, oh my gosh, this is what this is the steak dinner. Are you serious? You know, really. And then but I'm I'm okay gonna to I'm gonna go back to myself. Yes, and yes, and I I could not stand that Matt Hardy match at the pay-per-view. Uh, it was so know. bad. But you know yes. what? Some people like it. And I got mm -hmm. taken to I got taken to the shed a couple of times on the All Elite webpage because I said, why are they letting him do this? It was so bad. It was sophomoric. It was not professionally mm -hmm. done. That was yep. my opinion. I should have put that on there. And I should have said, you know what? If you enjoy the Matt Hardy uh, broken and all that stuff. More power to you. I just, I wish they would drop it and just let him do the delete no, just, 
and not be that stupid character yep. of his, like he's slipping into some mm-hmm. trance and becoming another person. It just trance. doesn't make it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. But nope, I criticize James E. Cornette for not getting it, and I'll criticize myself for not getting it. Okay, so well, yeah, I'm an equal but opportunity offender. Well, I mean, there's some things that James E. Cornette loves about AEW, and there's some things he can't stand about it. But there's What does he love about AEW? All he does is complain about what they're doing. He doesn't like well, Cody Rhodes. First, he yep. doesn't like any. I never heard him say a positive word about AEW. He said some things at the beginning when they first started because their storylines were good, but now that they're starting to get into this comical you know, who sh- who does this and it's a steak dinner and we're going to sing and dance and have weather, you know, uh, you have balloons made, made animals out of balloons or something. Now he's starting to be really critical about it. Jay, I would just look at Mr. Cornett and say, you know what? Wrestling as we know it is not the same anymore. It's not. You might as well just, you might as well just get with the times. Old storylines will never die, but not this generation. They just don't accept it and they don't take it. Yeah. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll find good you'll find good storylines, and even though I'm not a big fan of the storyline with uh, with Ray Mysterio and his family and the oh, gosh. The, the savior, uh, I'm mm-hmm. not a big. That's kind of an old school storyline, you know. Yep. Not necessarily with the disciple, but it's somebody mm-hmm. trying to ruin somebody's family. Blah 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 yeah, blah, well. blah 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 blah. Yep. And now Seth is getting ready to go off and have his baby with Becky, and he's going to be taking a few weeks off. But he'll come back, and he'll, whether he'll be a heel again, I don't know. But there's been certain aspects of that feud with Rey Mysterio I've really enjoyed. Yeah, it's been some great wrestling, but the, the story's just been dragging and dragging. And I can't really stand it no more. I mean, no thanks. I mean, I, Ray, are you is your son going to turn on you eventually and, you know, are you going to pass the mask down to Dominic? Who knows? Maybe it's this WrestleMania that, that Ray decides it's time to hang it up. If he is so, going to hang it up, it would be a WrestleMania. It has to be. It, yeah. I think it'll be father versus son. It could be. I, could be. I, I think it's going to be a father versus son, and it'll be a heck of a match, and, and then Dominic will gain the mask and become this new Ray Mysterio, and still he couldn't fight his way out of the wet paper bag. Yeah, not so, a big fan. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not either. Yeah. Uh, with Seth Rollins, congratulations on your new child when you're born, sir. But uh, I'm glad to see you go for right now. You need to. You need a fresh look. Every this, uh, wrestler, mm-hmm. every every yes. star needs yes. time away yes, because you get tired of them. I think mm-hmm. that was one of the things that happened to Roman Reigns. Yep. Even though you know they when when he came back from his cancer, he was a face, yep. and I, you, there was no way they could make him a heel at that point. But when he went away and came back as this this heel character, you know the 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 front of the table, uh, you know he is so good in that role. But it was that time away where people, you know, they were kind of said didn't forget about him. But he comes back in a completely different character, and hats off to WWE. They have done some marvelous work with Roman Reigns. Well, and well, the, old saying, the, yeah, the old saying is, how can I miss you if you don't go away? Uh-huh. So, I mean, and 
I'm so glad that the, the WWE didn't listen to the fans. And that's what Roman even said. I'm glad that they didn't listen to the fans and how to come back as a heel. He came back as a heel his own way. And now that he's this tribal leader and he is the uh, one of the greatest, of, he calls himself the greatest. Well, there is one great one. But we'll see if the great one makes a great comeback. And they're still throwing it up in the air that that's what's going to happen. The Rock is going to make his comeback. Uh, let's see what happens. I mean, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a WrestleMania uh, thing. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. You brought that the up. Torch. Yeah, you brought mm-hmm. that up right when the heel when the heel change happened, and I didn't believe yep. it. But if they can work out some sort of way to get this done, and Dwayne decides he he wants to do it, and that's the big thing, whether it's been decided yet or not. I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but if he has time and he can work a program, I think they would have a blast performing with each other. The family would really enjoy it, and uh, it, would be, would. it would be kind of fun to maybe have yeah. him pass on the torch to Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, yes. I mean, it's a great little storyline. I mean, Roman is one of, I think he's the best, not the best heel right now, the greatest heel in the business to me is still MJF. I love MJF. I'd rather have him. Uh, who is the Who is the top wrestler right now? Who is the one carrying the torch? If you saw the, what I posted on the Turnbuckle Trash fan page and Bully Ray and what Bully Ray said, who is the man that is carrying the torch for all the companies? Who is it? They don't know. I mean... Who is it for AEW that's carrying the torch? Is it John Moxley? Uh, I would I say I'll, I'll give you my opinion. I think it's uh, Chris Jericho. Okay, it's Chris uh, Jericho because he's I done. Know, I know he's ahead, done enough that he's putting people over, but he is so over himself with the with the fans. To me, Chris Jericho is the face of AEW. I think Aunt Teresa would probably say Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, for the WWE, he's carrying the torch. Uh, that's a tough I, one. I, that's a tough one. I don't. It's it sure as heck is not Roman Reigns, and it sure as heck is not Drew McIntyre. Um, I really don't know. I would have to say Randy Orton is carrying the torch right now for the WWE. For the entire company? Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, Indiv- you know, individual, indiv- and you know what? We're still fairly early in the Roman Reigns heel turn, and if they work their 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 cards right on that one, I think he will be the face of the company overall. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see who who carries the torch for the NWA. Um, I don't know because I haven't really seen anything from the NWA. Uh, It's still Nick Aldis because he does have 10 pounds of gold. And I'm surprised that uh, one of their champions uh, has gone over back to Impact, and that was James Storm. Yeah. And uh, that was good. But I'm just – if NWA would just come back and go back onto YouTube, they could be hot as ever. Uh, Jim Ross, please – Stop what you just said, that you said on Twitter that the NWA now is nowhere compared to what the NWA is back in the, uh, in the 80s. 
No well, joke, Jim. But yeah, go ahead. no joke. No joke. No joke. But so, they were what? on their way yes, to some were. great work when the pandemic hit. You got to yes, admit, they were. I think you and I were both saying that was our favorite show to watch every week. Yes, it was. We had to watch NWA Power. And there has mm-hmm. been a lot of uh, news on the internet that they are trying to bring it back as soon as possible. Yeah, that's true. And did you notice that AEW was bringing, uh, had Tony Schiavone in the background was the old NWA background where it had, you know, I said it would say NWA Championship Wrestling in the back. You know, I had the old microphone and coat on. Mm-hmm. He's talking in there. Okay, well, that just tells me that the NWA and AEW are working side by side, which that would make a, a heck of a look. Let's have that. Let's have Nick Aldis jump in the ring and, and do something to, to John Moxley and say champion versus champion. Let's see what you have. You know, that would make for good TV. Back in the day, that did happen occasionally where the mm-hmm. two, the, the NWA and then mm-hmm. the WWF occasionally yes. would have a champion against champion. Whether it was, I think mm-hmm. there was a time when it was Bruno San Martino against Ric Flair, if I'm not mistaken. I do think that happened. Yeah, uh, I believe and, so. And then, you know, when they go to Japan, you'd have Ric Flair against the Giant Baba or whoever was mm-hmm. the champ over there. It yeah. makes good, I want to say good yes. TV. It makes good mm-hmm. promotional value. Yep. But you've got yes. to have the promoters. Now, this is behind-the-scenes stuff. It's like saying to Burger King, Work with McDonald's trying to get the hamburger business to be steadier. Will it happen? I would bet you a Whopper it won't. It'd be like five guys in in and out trying to work together, like them working together. Now, there is is good news on that part. Okay, good news. Here in Logan, we do have a five guys burger. Congratulations. And and now... Mm -hmm. They just cleaned off a lot at 4th Main, 4th North in Maine, for an In-N-Out burger. Yes! I'm, I'm you know so what? happy. I've never never had the In-N-Out. I've had the Five Guys. I'll never do that again. Yeah, it's not that good. You have to give, you have to give an arm, your leg, and a, a pint of blood just for one burger. Yeah. Uh, the In-N-Out, never had one. Whataburger, never had one. Good stuff. Uh, but So... We're talking food on wrestling show. You know, I, I got to say again. this. The one hamburger uh-huh. chain that I want to try so bad that I've never tried, yep. it's a it's one kind of named after my heart, Fat Burger. Now, Ooh. I know they have Fat Burger in Las Vegas and Laughlin. The next time I go, I'm going uh-huh. to get a Fat Burger one way or another. So I don't, I want, I want to, I'm going to be going to Las Vegas in 2000. Next year, I'm going to Las Vegas. I'm going to go see my uncle. And I want to go to the Heart Attack Grill. I'm going to make sure I go to my doctor first before I go. And if I, you know, if you don't eat it, you have to get spanked by the nurse. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Yeah, sure. You have to take your blood pressure after you take one bite of the burger. And I'm sure my wife, Teresa, would allow that too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can just see that now. Okay, let's get Uncle back and. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's get back into uh, professional wrestling mode because there was a a subject we were talking about before we started recording. You talked about the TNT 
champion on uh, the All Elite. Now the champion is one Darby Allen. Were you surprised? Oh, my gosh. Yes, but it was well-deserved. This kid has come up from being on the independent circuit to the, you know, from the backyards to the independent circuit. Now he is TNT champion. Well-deserved, and I like the kid. Now, he's high flying. Go ahead. You you know that uh, that series, the darker side of wrestling, that uh, was on uh, was it? It's on Vice TV. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was the first year of that, and it's a very good program, by the way. They (laughs) did uh, where the the host of the show went to an Evolve Championship Wrestling show, and Darby Allen was part of it, and the promoter was talking about Darby Allen talking about uh-huh. how he is good, but he yeah. might take too many chances and get injured too much. Whether that's going to well, happen, because he yeah. does take a lot of chances, you know, but it is. Yeah. Go ahead. He does. Yeah. He does. He takes a lot of chances. That boy flies on the top rope, and middle rope. He does all this stuff. And uh, I can understand the, the face paint. He's, he, he looks really good. He's got some great skills in the ring. I mean, even Cody said it was one of the best matches he's had in a long time. And he's well-deserved to be a champion. Uh, I would love to see him, and I can't believe I'm about to say this again. I'd love to see him and Orange Orange Cassidy go at it and see how those two do in the ring. I can't believe <laughs> I'm sorry, Aunt Teresa, had you turned me into an Orange Cassidy fan so slowly. Yes. I can't believe I can't believe it. I don't even drink orange juice anymore. I can't stand the man. But uh, other than that, it's all good. Now, now back to my my lovely wife, Teresa. She is also she is also a fan of Darby Allen. Ah, very good. Yes, that's Ah, one of her favorite wrestlers. And then, have you heard the rumors about Darby? No, possibly teaming up with a manager. None other than the man called Sting. I've heard that rumor. Will it that happen? Would be, mm, well, like uh, Jim Cornette said, what else has Sting got to do? I mean, he's not under contract with the WWE. Uh, he doesn't do in-ring work anymore. What better way is to Sting come down there and start pointing fingers at people and, and doing something with this kid? Yeah. I mean... He reminds me of a young Sting, but a little bit high flight. Yeah. But, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Okay. I think it'll happen. Yeah. Now, now, now follow me here about with All Elite. Okay. You uh-huh. have FTR, no longer the tag team champions because the Young Bucks won. Yep. And uh, they have a manager named Tully Blanchard. Now, oh, yes. how long is it going to be before Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard have some sort of confrontation. Wouldn't that be cool to have them not necessarily, you know, throw fist and stuff uh-huh. because, you yeah. know, Arn really can't do a whole lot like that and Tully looks in great no. shape. But mm-hmm. how long and, and should it happen? Should they have a confrontation between Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard? I say yes. Oh, yeah, but then – I would love to see them two get nose to nose, and then all of a sudden, one hand goes up with four fingers, and that would signify the four horsemen. But those two have got one heck of a career together, uh, being on the years. But yeah, I would love to see those two going, you know, face to face. But we all know that that Arn can't wrestle anymore because of his neck, 
Charlie, he has taken a couple. He has taken a couple of bumps, but they've been yes, you know, has. you know, selected bumps. Yeah, selected. Yeah, it is selected bumps. But I mean, Arn still got that one. Who does the best spine buster in the business? That's Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson flat out does the best spine buster in the business. Right. But yeah, I would love to see it. Uh, oh man, Sting with Darby Allen. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just. Just bring in truckloads of money, and that man will come straight to you. So, yeah, that's all I can say about yeah. it. Yeah, I would love to see those two at it. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Okay. But when's their next pay-per-view? Uh, coming up, uh, boy, I don't remember right offhand. I think it's not going to be until after the first of the year. Unlike the WWE, All they Elite does like, them out. <laughs> yeah, they do like four a year at, at this point. Uh-huh. And yeah. then uh, our, uh, ROH is getting ready to do a pay-per-view. Uh, and that's going to be with fans in the stands. They're getting ready to do that mm-hmm. in December. Uh, but All Elite, I think they've been planning on doing four a year, which I I kind of like because I get mm-hmm. tired of trying to keep up with the storylines and all the different things happening yeah. in the WWE. And they don't mm-hmm. get – I've talked about this a million times, and I'm going to mm-hmm. do one million and one. Sometimes having so many different events like this – you can't set up a storyline properly. You can't nope. end a storyline properly. And nope. sometimes if you're starting a storyline, you don't give it time to develop because you have so many pay-per-view events. That's just That's me. true. Yep. Well, there's too many, too many pay-per-views. As soon as WWE's done with one, they've already got another one set up. Now they got started. That's the problem with the WWE. They don't have time to set up a storyline. They don't have time to develop a story. And let it brew for a little while before I pay the proof. And, and that's what the downfall is. And, and they're letting they're you know they're letting that storyline brew a little bit inside of some of these pay per views. And I don't know if I like that very much at all because mm-hmm. it it kind of cheapens the pay per view to me. You know the last yeah, few pay per views that they have done for the WWE since SummerSlam, they've all been mm-hmm. pretty good. Give the yep. devil their due. I mean, but they have done some absolutely horrendous pay-per-views that I was sitting here watching on on a network feed on a Sunday night, and, and my wife had, uh, you know, little Shirley Temple movies playing in the background. I went to go watch Shirley Temple because, you know, oh, you. grandfather, uh, give that child anything. But the pay-per-view was that bad, and I just decided to watch it later and did fast yeah. forward through it and that kind of thing. But now the last few have been very, very good. So, and my wife's actually been watching them with me and she plans on watching Survivor Series Sunday night. Well, what are they going to do with the, the female Survivor Series? Half of the team has uh, been <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? Uh, is the gobbledygook going to have to come out and fight with, with the women? Uh, they, I mean, you know, the- don't be surprised. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say anybody's name, but okay. other names that have been away for a while might okay. come back on Sunday night. That's true. Or somebody gets a call up from a certain NXT to be part of the team. Yeah, I've I've also heard that someone's going to be making their Royal Rumble debut. Well, not a debut, but uh, Savio Vega. Oh, jeez. Savio Vega is going to be in the Rumble. Oh, I cannot wait to see this man that's probably gained about 40 or 50 more pounds 
waddle his way to the ring to last maybe, oh, maybe five, six, maybe six seconds. No. Uh, no. That that just no, reminds me no, no, no. of the Royal Rumble when they do that. Remember when Heath Slater came in? <laughs> Every time he was trying to get to the ring, he would, somebody would come in and beat up yep. on his head. That was that was classic. I that's my favorite Royal Rumble uh, <laughs> highlight of all time. So that was perfect. Oh, so. that was good. So, anything else you want to talk about today, Chris? Because I am ready for you. Not really. We've had a great time in professional wrestling. I, I see that we have a new core champion. Yes. Uh, the Good Brother. Which one was it? Not the Good Brothers. Uh, what was? Well, we have new good. We have new tag team champions. In the Good, good Brothers, brothers and, yeah. In Impact, but it's uh, who was the one for the core? Who won it? It was the. Oh, that that core championship. Oh, oh, yeah, the, oh, the oh, core. oh, the core championship in DCW. DCW, yes, the core uh, champion in DCW. Sorry, brother, about that. brother Austin. Brother Austin of the okay. of the of the the brother Smith. The and then, That's then it. I want you to think about this. Go ahead. Tombstone Judas. Uh-huh. Tombstone Judas. Ooh. Tombstone Stone Judas. Judas. Uh-huh. Heel change for the tombstone. Oh. I Tombstone Jesus or Tombstone Judas. Dude, uh-huh. it was so good. I loved it. So be listening for so, more details on that coming soon. The heel change for Tombstone Jesus. I thought, man, will that ever happen? But evidently it's happening. And I don't know good. where they're going to go with it, but I'm interested in finding out how they go with it when they have their second anniversary show. Tombstone, my man, and the queen. Tomb. I love oh. those guys. I really do. They're they're great people. And and the people at DCW are are just uh, yeah, congratulations doing, once again. Wonderful. Yeah, they are. Yeah, those guys are doing wonderful, and I'm happy for them that everything's working out with the pandemic. And uh, everybody, please, you know, social distance, wash your hands, wear your mask if you have to, and let's just get through this, and hopefully this pandemic goes away, but we don't know how much longer we're going to have. But enjoy life while you can. Don't worry about this, this stuff. Go out there and have fun and if you have more than 10 people at thanksgiving don't worry you won't hear a knock from the fbi saying you have to have two to leave (laughs) i mean you know you said uh, you said the best thing enjoy uh, your life the best you possibly can and if if you live in an area like i do right now where we have mandatory masks wear them it's such a small thing now if you have some medical reasons or some other reasons that you can't I'm not going to look down my nose at you by any means because I realize oh, yeah. we have we have a cousin that has asthma very bad. They cannot wear a mask because of that. So I oh, yeah. do understand that. But what and and I will disagree. I think Zane and I disagree a little bit in this, and I think you and I do disagree with this just a little mm-hmm. bit. But when you're in an area that is having such problems with illness, mm-hmm. it just shows some respect for the next oh, person. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's that's my idea of wearing a mask. I'm in a high, I'm in a high high risk group. I work with some people in a high risk group, and we've had very very many people where I work that have been ill recently, and with COVID nineteen, and they say it's horrible. So do your best, but enjoy your life. That's what life. I love that. I, I love that. 
Yeah, I, I, I work at a hospital. I do security at a hospital uh, every night, and we have five, six, seven people come in with COVID-19. Uh, right now, the count in the hospital where I'm working at is 54. Wow. Uh, 54 cases of COVID-19, and they take this very, very seriously. And uh, I've, it's with the elderly. I've seen one young lady, and that's it. The rest of them have just been elderly people. And, yeah, I have to wear a mask every night. I mean, it's mandatory. We have to. Right. I go home, and I boil my skin in the hottest water that I can find. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, people just live your life the way you want to live it. Enjoy life. But like my uncle just said, respect people's, uh, pri- uh, you know, their, their distancing. Wear yeah. your mask for the people. Just, just have respect for one another. That's all we can say. And, then, and then one more time, we, we also lost a friend of the program to COVID-19 and oh, really? the Super Destroyer, yes. if you'll remember yes, that. So mm-hmm. uh, there, are, there are reasons we say what we do, but we do yes. respect yes. people's opinions. If they agree mm-hmm. with us or don't agree with us, That's you will true. always yeah. get that little bit of R-E-S-P-E-C-T from us. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. There we go. It was been fun. I've got to get ready for work and go back at it again for the next couple of days. And hopefully uh, it's, been, it's been a crazy week here, but I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're going to go to your families, uh, just go there, have a blast. And uh, remember, every time you sit down at the table, it's not about the food, it's about the family. It's there not about the food? Well, to me, it wasn't about the food anymore. It's about being with the family, but the food can come second. How about that? And the pie? Oh, I miss some of those pies. <laughs> oh, I miss those. Well, Chris, go to work. Have yourself a great, safe day, okay? All right, we'll talk to y'all later on. Thank you so much. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Those guys look big and mean. I think they want to hurt us. What do you call that, a flying springboard knee to the face? Oh, that works. I like to hurt people. Pretending to wrestle is the most fun in the whole world. The thoughts and opinions heard on the proceeding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent human being. If you don't agree with them, get your own dang pod. Dummy. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And in the immortal words of Ric Flair, Woo! Well, hi, everybody. It is uh, Dr. Dave, Dr. D. I'll do that again. <laughs> so, Tom, you missed out. Nyeh, 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 nyeh. It's a long, long time ago. <laughs> it wasn't bad this time. <laughs> I've been working my butt off out in the yard. <laughs> let, let me bang my head against this mailbox for a second. Maybe my brain will kick in this morning. Cold. Yes. I love Correct. that. I love that. Correct. Miss does that. We're all we're all old now. Oh my gosh! They killed Kenny. You grilling out tonight? Freezing weather. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> Some people like sour milk. You're the jerk uh, business. <laughs> that's like uh, watching blues blues on acid. You're the jerk uh, business. <laughs> Cold. Yes. But it would be cool. <laughs> While you're eating your crayons uh, at the same time. In paste. paste. I love yeah, to eat paste. Blah, 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 blah. Had to fight an old lady with some crutches for it. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're going to go to your families, uh, just go there, have a blast. And, uh, remember, every time you sit down at the table, it's not about the food, it's 
about the food. It's and not about the food? And, and our love of professional wrestling, they're going to keep it going for years to come. 